Christ has coexisted with God since the beginning. Therefore, everything we think, say, and do is to be rooted and grounded in Him because in the beginning was Christ, and Christ was with God, and Christ was God. As we consider our celebration of Christmas, let's ask ourselves these questions. Do the gifts we have glorify God? Do they remind us of the one whom we are or should be celebrating? Is he our focal point on Christmas Day and every day? Are we witnesses for Christ in our giving, thereby drawing others to him? Christ is to be the only object of our celebration and giving. Turn, open your Bibles, and we'll be in this passage for a couple of Sundays. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, and then skip down to verse 14. In the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, and then skip down to verse 14. And there you'll find these words. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And from this passage of of scripture we want to preach this morning Christ is Christmas okay if you want to know what Christmas is all about it's about Christ Christ is Christmas beloved we expect the world to have a misconception of the true meaning of Christmas because the world does not know Christ they live according to the flesh And they live in pursuit of the pleasures of this world system. But what grieves the heart of God is when Christians allow themselves to become deceived and they too miss the essence and true meaning of Christmas. Many believers are so busy with the activities of the Christmas season until they fail to celebrate the true meaning of Christmas in the Lord's church and even in their families. Many parents no longer have their children involved in Christmas programs at the church, and you don't even find Christmas programs even in the schools. They are holiday programs, programs without Christ. Uh, Many saints get so caught up in shopping for family, shopping for friends, shopping for coworkers, that they fail to meet the needs of the poor during the Christmas season. They fail to meet the needs of orphans, the homeless, and nursing home residents. But most of all, many Christians miss the reality of Christmas because they fail to focus on the incarnation of Christ. The great mystery of the incarnation is the crux and core of why we celebrate Christmas. Let me uh, say that again because it is so, so very, very critical. Most of all, many Christians miss the reality of Christmas because they fail to focus on the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ. The great mystery of the incarnation is the crux and core of why we celebrate Christmas. The incarnation is so mysterious that skeptics ridicule it, atheists are offended by it, And the intellectuals are perplexed 
because it appears to them to be irrational and doesn't make sense to the natural mind. The accomplishments of man, such as walking on the moon, the development of technologies and medical breakthroughs pale in comparison to the incarnation of Christ and his glorious resurrection. No invention of man can compare to what our Lord has done through the virgin birth and the marvelous resurrection. Beloved, even though you will not find the word incarnation in the Bible, you will also not find the word Trinity in the Bible. Both doctrines are essential to salvation. The incarnation is a historical reality in human history. Let me say that again. You're listening because this is really a very critical doctrinal message. The incarnation is a historical reality in human history. It it was an actual account that actually happened in time. Now, let's look at Christ before the virgin birth. Verses one and two is the pre-existence of Christ, the pre-existence of Christ. The word of God says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Christ was in the beginning with God. Verses one and two are saying that the word who is Christ was with God the Father in the beginning, which means that Christ is eternal and pre-existed in eternity past with God before time, before space, before material, and before universe. God Almighty. Jesus was in the beginning with God. He had no beginning. Jesus had no origin. In other words, this verse can be interpreted this way. In the beginning was Christ, and Christ was with God, and Christ was God. The Greek word logos is Jesus Christ. Jesus was the word, the one who always existed in eternity past. He was not created and never had a beginning. He is the eternal son of the living God, and he is God from all eternity. You say, how do you know that? Because of what the scripture says. You say, can you show me one? I sure can. John 17, 5 uh, in the Lord's Prayer says, and now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory of which I, the Lord is praying here, which I had, look, which I had with you before the world was. Look at that, before the world was. Jesus existed in eternity past. There was never a moment in time or eternity where Jesus did not exist. Christ not only pre-existed with God the Father, He was also co-existent with him. God the Father and Son have always been in a perfect loving relationship and communion with each other. Communion means fellowship. They've always had a perfect fellowship with one another throughout all eternity. 
Now, the Trinity is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Make up the Trinity. God the what? Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit make up the triune Godhead. In other words, one God revealed in three distinct persons. They are co-equal and they are also co-eternal. Christ is a distinct person from God the Father, and yet he is co-equal with him in his very being and essence. Christ possesses the very same attributes and character of God the Father. You say, how do you know that? Because of what the scripture says. Can you show me? I certainly can. John 14, 9 says, Jesus said to him, have I not been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the father. Look at that. He who has seen me has seen the father. So how can you say, show us the father? Colossians 1.15 also says that Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God. The first six letters in Christmas are C-H-R-I-S-N-T. What does that spell? Christ, which should remind us that we celebrate Christmas for Christ's sake. Jesus, who gave us the greatest gift of all, salvation, which costs us nothing but costs him everything. He is the reason for Christmas and every season. Many of us miss the real meaning of Christmas because we focus on giving gifts that last for a season rather than the gifts of the Spirit that last a lifetime and from generation to generation. Today, Pastor Rander compels us to remember that Christ is Christmas. Thank you for listening in today. Have your Bible close by and have pen and paper handy. Previously, God was invisible. No man had seen God. God always existed. And he spoke through the prophets. Uh, You can see the handiwork of God in creation. But God the Father wanted to make sure that we didn't miss a relationship with him. He wanted to make sure that we wouldn't uh, miss God. So he said, I'll do even better than that. I'll send the apple of my own eye. I'll send the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll send God in human flesh. So he is the, look, he is the image of the invisible God. He was, he was previously invisible. He is the image of the invisible God. God was previously invisible, but when Jesus was born, the invisible became what? Visible. In other words, Jesus Christ is the perfect, listen this, listen at this. Jesus Christ is the perfect image and the exact likeness of God and has been throughout all eternity. Okay? Y'all listen, I can, I love it. Uh, Colossians 1 16, Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 and 17 says, by him, that's a pronoun for Christ, all things were created. In other words, he was in the beginning with God in creation. Okay, back Genesis 1, chapter 1, you'll see God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit involved and engaged in the create in the creation account. 
Colossians chapter one, verses 16 through 17 says, for by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth. Look, visible and invisible. I made it all. I made the things you can see. I made the things you cannot see. I, just like I made the stars and moon, I made the, the, the protons and neutrons and atoms and all these and the, the visible things you can't see. And just because you can't see it didn't mean I didn't make it. I, make it. I made it all. I made it all. I'm the owner. Visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. Verse 17. And he is before all things. God predates anything. He goes before date and time. Matter of fact, you can't put time on God. And he is before all things and in him all things consist. If God is not, nothing would exist. Not even us. John 1.14 says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. Now listen, Christ, the second person in the Godhead became flesh, meaning he visibly and physically dwelt among us. He visibly and physically dwelt among us. He was not, God was not some ethereal kind of spirit. He actually had a birth. You could touch him. You could handle him. He had physicality. You could see him. You could, you could witness him. The virgin birth of Christ in the manger at Bethlehem is not the beginning of God. Okay. You get that? The virgin birth of Christ in the manger at Bethlehem is not the beginning of God, but it is the beginning of his humanity. That's a critical distinction there. It was to be the virgin birth was the beginning of God's humanity. But 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 Jesus Christ uh, existed in the beginning in eternity past. Okay, so the virgin birth of Christ in the manger at Bethlehem is not the beginning of God, but it is the beginning of his humanness, his humanity. In the virgin birth, Jesus did not become God's son, but he was God's son throughout all eternity. Christ will also exist forever as the God man in his resurrected body. You say, how do you know that? According to the scripture, the scripture interprets the scripture. Acts chapter one, verse 11. It says, who also said men of Galilee. This is after after the ascension of Jesus. After he left earth, finished, finished the work he had to do. He ascended up into heaven and they were just looking and looking and looking, looking so long that God dispatched angels to talk to to the onlookers. And in this account, it says, who also said men of Galilee. Why? Uh, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? You know, they still looking at you. They, they saw him and saw him until he just disappeared. And they kept looking and kept looking. Kept, they looked so long to God said, you know, they looking too much. <laughs> Let me send some angels down there so they can gain, regain their focus. Um, then, the, then the angel said this, underline this, this same Jesus. 
So y'all, y'all move too fast in scripture. You got to understand something. Slow down. Every word is low. I wish I can just preach every word, but I just don't want to, you don't have enough patience for me to preach every word. This same Jesus, <laughs> this same Jesus who was taken up, see heavens up, up where? Up past uh, the, the atmosphere, up past the, the celestial sphere, up the, the, sun, the sun, the stars, the moon, the galaxies, up, 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 up into the third heaven. You, can, you can't just get there in a physical body. You, you gotta, your body has to be changed to get up there. Yeah, the up there. You, you, up. I, I love that. Heaven's up. The New Jerusalem is up. Jesus is up now in heaven, uh, seated beside God, the father's right hand. This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven, that's where he went, will so come in like manner. What that means? As he left, as you saw him go into heaven, he's going to come back in like manner. Manner. Oh, y'all hanging with me. Okay. He's going to come back the same way. He was born as a God baby. Okay. Okay. Uh, he was born as a God baby. Through Mary, he received his humanness. Through the Holy Spirit's immaculate conception, uh, he received his divinity. So he was God in human flesh. He was God baby who became a God child. Uh, who became a God teenager, who became a God young adult into a God man. A- at the age of 30, he started his earthly ministry uh, carrying out the assignment of God. So Revelation 5, 6a, to, to substantiate that he is God man in heaven, let me just give you further proof from the scripture. In Revelation chapter 5, uh, 6a, it says, And I looked and behold in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, strange looking at creatures, angels or whatever they are. And in the midst of the elders who are representative of the church stood, here's the lamb, capital L, representative of the Lord Jesus, stood a lamb as though it had been slain. <laughs> okay. He said, what is all that? In heaven, we will see, look, in heaven, we will see from our Lord's crucifixion, when he died on the cross, a visible, we're going to see a visible, glorified God man with the scars from his crucifixion. Wow. Did you get that? He's God man on earth. And when, when, it, when he went up to heaven, he was God man. And as a lamb, as a lamb slain, God man. And look, 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 it says stood a lamb as though it had been slain. You would be able to see the prince, the nail prints of the scars of the crucifixion in his hands and in his feet. And I imagine when we see them, we start shouting because those, those scars, that's what redeemed us. 
That's what saved us. He, 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 he agonized on that cross. He pained on that cross. He suffered in that cross and the scars are still there. The same scars that, that Thomas touched. He says, uh, he had doubting problems. But, but when he touched those scars and touched the nail prints, all of a sudden he said, my Lord and my God. And, and Jesus said, well, you, you believe because you see. B- blessed are those who believe and have not seen. Y- y- you know who he's talking about? Us. How many of y'all believe? I believe today. I believe God. I believe God. And all the demons in hell can't make me doubt the validity of the fact that God is. Do do I have some God is believers in here? (laughs) God is. That's right. He said, that's us. We believe God. We haven't seen him with the naked eye. You got folk walking around here talking about I saw God. You, 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 how are you going to see God and still live? You can't handle all that Chicana glory. You, you faint if you see God. You, God, that glory even kill you. It'll knock you out. Your, your physicality can't handle the full Chicana glory of Almighty God. Maybe you thought you see God. Maybe you had too many pork chops, but you, 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 you haven't seen God. <laughs> But one day every eye shall see him as he is, stood as a lamb as though it had been slain, the scars. When I see Jesus, let me touch you. Mama, I love you. Daddy, I love you. Grandma Emma, I love you. Grandma Lula, I love you. Cousin Joe, I love you. But get on, just hold up a moment. I'm going to shout around you, but I want to shout for my Jesus. Because when I see Jesus, when I begin to touch the prince that provided my redemption, (laughs) when I begin to feel the, the, the pierce of the side and the feet, and look at the marks of the brow where he had the thorns to redeem us from our sin. I tell you and I submit to you today, there's going to be some shouting in heaven. I feel bad for a Christian that can't shout down here. That's right. You Listen, this is, worship today is a prelude for the ultimate worship around the throne of God. That's right. That's right. And listen, if you have, that's why I tell you, you ought, you ought to be glad to come to church because if you're not glad to come to church, then you send to go. Are oh, you going to be glad to come to heaven? How you want to spend all eternity with me in heaven? And you got a problem even attending for a little bit of time here on earth. You ought to be like the psalmist that said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Are you glad to be here? The incarnation of Jesus Christ actually did take place. When the scripture says in John 1, 14 and dwelt among us, it means that he literally lived among humanity. He actually lived uh, among humanity. He had humanness. He had physicality. He was a real person. He, he had a real body and he had to have a real body because he couldn't die 
unless he had a body that was subject to death. John 1 14 says, and dwelt among us. Who's us? Humanity. It means that he literally lived among humanity. The word dwelt means tabernacled or, or pitched his tent. Dwelt means tabernacle or pitch his tent. In the past, God manifested his presence to his people in the Old Testament in the tabernacle or tent of meeting. It was portable, representative of God. And they were moving it around and around and moving it wherever Israel went. And they moved the thing and had a prescribed way of carrying that tent. It was portable and it represented the presence of almighty God. But God says, I'm going to do more than a tabernacle. Um, I'm going to do more than a tent of meeting. I'm going to send my beloved son and the person of Jesus Christ to become flesh and blood just for you. Jesus loves me. This I know. The Bible tells me so. The Bible tells us that Christ is full of grace and truth, and we are the recipients whether we realize it or not. Without him, we would not exist. So as we plan our Christmas gatherings, let us remember to celebrate the one true God in Christ and Christ in God who gives us everything we need in this life. The Bible tells us that we live, move, and have our being in Him because we are His offspring. As the Word tells us, when we give, it will be given to us. Moreover, He is preparing us for eternity with Him. There's nothing comparable to that. As Pastor Rander concludes his message, Think on these things.